Hey guys, this is Anna. So before we get today, get on with the show today, let's hear from our sponsor. Hey everybody, this is the Ramblings of a Transgender Christian Podcast. I am your host, Anna Hudak. Um, for those watching on video, sorry that the lighting is not necessarily the best, but kind of gloomy outside. This is the best I could do, and I really need to get this episode done today, so um, just had to kind of go through it. I think the lighting is just good enough to do, so... Anyway, so yes, this is our Thursday bonus episode. Um, for those who are listening um, on Patreon, it is the 15th of July. Um, for everybody else, it's the 22nd. If you want to hear this episode ad-free and a week early, support on Patreon. Um, so, and you can find the link to that in the show notes or the YouTube description. But anyway, um... So today we are going to discuss an article from Christian Today. Uh, of course, you'll be able to find a link to the article in the show notes or YouTube description, depending on where you're watching. Um, anyway, the article from Christian Today is titled, The Problem with the Born Gay Theory. It's by Gavin Ashenden. So, let us dive into this article, shall we? The Methodist Church has just decided to change the definition of marriage and offer it to gay couples. Um, in so doing, it once again more raises several questions, including how one becomes gay. Um, is it one more creaking stretch of the limbs of an ancient spirituality, leaning, learning finally to no longer restrict romantic and erotic love to the biologically fertile? or the betrayal of Christian fidelity to scripture and tradition in order to seek for, say, favor from a secular and even anti-Christian culture by baptizing its disordered affections. Okay, um, so where do you even start with this paragraph? So it's not, so basically, is it, the question is, are they no longer restricting uh, marriage to romant to um, to biologically fertile people, or uh, is it you know trying to 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 suck up to an anti-Christian culture? I think the okay, so it's like so your problem. So clearly his problem. Let's be honest uh, is. They're no longer doing it to what he calls the biologically fertile. Do you have any proof that uh, gay, lesbian, bisexual, whatever, you know, people are not biologically fertile? Like, is that like, are you insinuating that the reason that people are LGBT is because we're not biologically fertile? Also, if we're going to say that marriage should be restricted to quote-unquote biologically fertile, uh, maybe we should have fertility tests before we get married, you know, like, all right, if you want to get married, you got to take a test to see if you're biologically fertile or not, and if you, well, if you're not biologically fertile, uh, well, can't get married, sorry, single forever, because we all know that mar the point of marriage is strictly to be a brood is, you know, pump out kids, you know, pump out those white babies to repopulate the white race, you know. 
Um, I this is like a beyond a fundamentalist view of the world. This is so beyond fundamentalist. Okay, I mean, it's perfectly fundamentalist. That's why I should say. I shouldn't say it's beyond fundamentalist. Like, it is. This is the definition of a fundamentalist view on marriage. That marriage is strictly pump out babies. That, like, fundamentalist, that's how we view marriage. We don't view it as, you know, um, uh, two lovers coming and deciding to live life together. No, it's, you're the person I want to fuck to, uh, to, 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 to create babies, to repopulate the earth. I mean, for fundamentals like this, that's the sole reason to marriage. Marriage has literally no other purpose than to, uh, than to pump out babies. Um, and therefore, if you can't pump out babies, well, then you shouldn't be married. Like, literally, like, People believe that. Like, there are people who genuinely believe if you can't have children, you shouldn't be married. Doesn't matter if you love that person. Too bad. Shouldn't be fertile. Apparently, you did something really bad to piss God off, obviously. Um, or let's be honest, you know, just God gave you the gift of being single. Okay, let's be let let's not let's not be disingenuous towards these people, but for, for actual statements to those type of people who are biologically fertile but are in love is, well, God obviously just gave you the gift of being single, you know? Um, but yeah, um, so then, you know, for view of the secular world is that uh, being gay is anti-Christian, which is fucking bullshit. There's plenty of gay Christians and the Bible is not anti-gay in any way, shape, or form. You, in fact, actually have to twist the scripture purposefully to come up with an anti-gay reading of the Bible. Um, by baptizing its disordered affections. Alright, let's get, let's get into the weeds of some Christian theology. If your problem with, uh, quote, uh, with the LGBT community is ever quote-unquote disordered, here's some hard truth for you. Technically, if you actually, you know, look at the Bible and what it says about all humans is that we're all disordered. Uh, cisgender heterosexual people are not exempt from being quote-unquote disordered. Technically, after the fall, you know, the, the descent, you know, sin entered the world. Technically, uh, if you want to use this kind of language, everybody is disordered. So by baptizing anyone, you are uh, baptizing uh, disordered people. So you being cisgender and heterosexual does not mean that you're perfectly ordered. You know, you're normal. No, no, you're, you're fucking disordered. So, so sorry, uh, if you want to use the disordered language towards LGBT people, it's just fucking bullshit because there's nothing disordered about us. It's perfectly normal to be LGBT. Um, you got to use that language on yourself. Hate to break it to you. Um, if we're going to be theologically correct on this, okay? If we're going to be theologically, not theologically correct, but theologically consistent, um, you've got to... Um, Use this language on yourself if you're going to be theologically consistent. Just saying. Anyway, um, continuing on with this article. 
in making a judgment here, it's not just a matter of how the church interprets its own scriptures. It's also a matter of how the church, of how both the church and society integrate the science and psychology of gay longing. Oh boy. Jane Ozan has written here recently about how simply questioning whether or not someone is born gay is an act or a threat to the sanity, self-acceptance, and stability of the gay Christian. Because it is. Because no one who's asking this question, you know, is asking it in good faith. Like, you Christian Today writers, whenever you ask, you know, whether someone is born gay or not, you're not asking it in good faith. Everybody knows that you're asking it because you're trying to lead to the conclusion that they're not. You're trying to undermine your identity. None of you are asking this in good faith. So yes, um, it is a threat to the sanity, self-acceptance, and stability of the gay Christian. Because you're doing it in bad faith. You're doing it for the sole purpose of undermining who they are. This is not a good faith question that you're asking. So yes, actually yes. Anyway, continuing on. Like, actually no, fuck it. Um, I got, I got more commentary on this. So, like, it really just shows the level of delusion that these Christian Today writers have. That if you are what's considered quote unquote normal, a white cisgender heterosexual Christian, you know, fundamentalist Christian, therefore, by default, anything that you say, anything that you question, is by default good faith. That anything that they say, anything that they ask, is good faith, just because we're quote-unquote normal. And if we're quote-unquote normal, then therefore, you know, for just, you know, just asking questions, you know, there's, there's no malice, you know, it's just the purity of good faith, you know. But if you're a quote-unquote disordered, um... Well, they're always doing it in bad faith, you know. But, like, just under, like, it's just amazing for logic. Anyway, continuing on for real now. Um, but outsourcing the validation of who one is to others that, to that extent must raise questions about the degree to which one is confident in the permeance of one's longing and appetite. Yes, it is uh, dependent on you to validate that person's thing. Because, like, for, uh, here's the thing. They've done studies. Like, yes. Like, in what world is validation a bad thing? Like, you need to be validated to do anything. Like, people, like, Validation is important to one's emotional and spiritual and physical well-being. For anything. If people weren't, like, let's say that, you know, you know like, 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 what is the big conspiracy that, you know, fundamentalist Christians, you know, come up with, you know, with the LGBT agenda, you know, if ever uh, trying to, you know, make being cisgender and heterosexual negative, you know, make it into a negative thing that, you know, you shouldn't be. We're trying to gay and trans the world, you know, that's what uh, fundamentalist evangelicals and, you know, just LGBT folks in general are trying to say. 
Okay, so let's say that, you know, in this uh, completely fictional world that you have created, you know, where you're being persecuted, because let's be honest, and the uh, evangelical mind, we're always being persecuted, because, you know, that's what they have to believe, um, to feel any of it, you know, to justify to themselves for horrible uh, beliefs, you know, that are completely unchristian, and are not, you know, in any way tied to any sort of Christianity that ever existed before the last about 100, 200 years. Um... Because, let's be honest, evangelicalism has no foundation, no basis, no tie to the past. Let's be honest. Um, let's see. Uh, so let's pretend that this were true. Scientifically, psychologically speaking, you would be suicidal. You would be uh, even if that's suicidal, extremely depressed because no one's accepting your, no one's affirming who you are. You need to be affirmed in who you are. Like, this is basic developmental psychology. You know, kids must be affirmed by their parents who they are as a person, you know. They must be affirmed by their parents that they are loved. And not only that they are loved, but they are worth loving. Otherwise, the kid is going to be seriously fucked up for life. I am so sorry that the lighting just keeps getting worse and worse, by the way, for those watching. Um, there's nothing I can do about it. I had to get this video done. So, I am so sorry. Unfortunately, it's storm season here. It's always storming. It's always gloomy. And I genuinely don't have better lighting. I am so sorry. Um, but anyway, continuing on with this article... Um, you know, talking about it, you know, like, kids have to be affirmed these things, you know, that they are loved and that they are worth loving. Is a kid bad for that, you know, that they need to be affirmed this? Because going by your own logic, yes. If you must be validated to, uh, in, you know, to a extreme, ex to what you would consider an extreme extent, um... To, uh, to, you know, to function, you know, in society. But guess what? You were a part of that problem, too, because you had to be, you know. Literally everything, you know. Uh, your career choice, you know. Like, all of this stuff is things that, you know, need to be validated. Like, psychologically, it's been studied to show you must be validated and to really feel healthy about, you know, to feel fully true, you know. You can't be a full and healthy human being unless you are wholly validated, you know. So yes, and when it comes to sexuality, you need to be fully validated because they've done studies, you know, not being validated in uh, your sexual identity, you know, uh, is in fact harmful. And it would be the same if it was straight people who were, uh, for some odd reason, being, um, being, uh, being condemned and all that stuff. Like, you would be depressed. You would be suicidal. That's how this works. This has been shown many, many times over. No one can become a, a fully healthy, whole human being without being validated. Starting from when they were children, you know? 
And it starts with being told, you know, being validated of air, loved, and being worth being loved. So sorry, yes. Anyway, continuing on this article. Um, let's see. We all depend on Nick's charter to some extent for affirmation and respect, of course. But perhaps it hints at a level of fragility in a way that might arouse our concern. Okay, so what about the kid, you know, who needs to be told family of ever parent ever uh, loved and were worth being loved? Is that child fucking fragile? You know, it's a kid who never received that validation growing up by her parents and therefore, you know, insecure, like, in their relationships. Is that a reflection upon them and ever just really fucking fragile? Answer me that, Gavin. Answer me that. Continuing on with this article. It does present the difficulty that blaming the curious in this way is a muscular exercise in emotional blackmail. If you dare to question this phenomenon, you become responsible for all the self-harm, self-denigration, or even attempts to suicide. Yes! Maybe not all of it, you personally, but it adds up. Not affirming does lead to this behavior. This is so well shown. This is not even a question anymore. Gosh, whatever. Moving on. Given the multiple factors that lie behind our fragile personalities and rich range from genetics, learned behavior, family and non-family trauma, hormones, tragic circumstances, and psychosocial patterns, it's a bit hard to make strangers responsible for all the internal contradictions experienced when they ask not unreasonable global questions about human nature. Yeah, I am... Um... Oh, once again, questioning who you are as a person, once again, they're just saying, this is literally just one big um, statement of, I should be able to act to uh, denigrate you who you are as a person and say that you aren't that, you know, and devalue as a human being um, because, you know, because I am quote-unquote normal, anything I say is in good faith. So if, you know, um, I'm denigrating who you are as a person and, uh, you know, and all that stuff, therefore, you know, you can't blame me for any, for, for, for any uh, depression that you may get from it, you know, or, you know, uh, because, well, you know, I'm doing it in good faith because so obviously, you know, it's a you problem if you get depressed from me, you know, denying who you are fundamentally as a person. Because I'm just doing it in good faith. I'm a normal person. You're a disordered person, you know, who, you know, just needs to toughen up, obviously. Um, you know, like, literally, like, like, I ain't doing this, but, like, just imagine... You know, like, them using this, you know, questioning the humanity of any other group, you know, using this exact same logic, you know, that, uh, you know, like, uh, trying to think, you know, gay pe you know, uh, Jewish people, you know, that Jewish people aren't, you know, subhuman goblins who are running this world and, uh, you know, trying to destroy Western civilization, you know? Like, do we need to constantly affirm 
Jewish people that were not doing these things, you know. Um, you know, uh, do we need to constantly be affirming, uh, you know, like, isn't it the fact that, you know, they find this offensive, you know, and, you know, if they can get that, you know, um, you know, a Jewish child who is, you know, being relentlessly bullied for being Jewish, you know, and being told that, you know, he's the problem with this world, you know, isn't this just a sign of her own fragility, you know, that maybe they just need to toughen up, you know, that it's just a Re that, you know, that, you know, the idea, you know, that is to say a reasonable global question about Jewish nature, you know, like just imagine if it's, if we were to use this, that, that lot, you know, the, the exact logic that this guy is using towards gay people, towards Jewish people. No one would find that acceptable, but apparently because it's gay, well, we can use that logic, you see. This time it's real, you know. This time I swear that kind of thinking fits. I swear, you know. Um, it doesn't work for black people, and you know, uh, whether we're very human or not, you know. Uh, it doesn't work for Jewish people, whether we're, you know, uh, globalist go goblins trying to destroy Western civilization. But you know, when it comes to gay people, it works this time, I swear. You know, just, you know, third time's the charm. You know, it didn't work for the other groups, but this time it works. This time it does. Continuing on. Perhaps defending the born gay position is way, in this way is intended to put more people off of asking questions to which the answers are not wanted, rather than a serious and mature attribution of responsibility for the pronounced psychological vulnerability. Okay, I, I'm sorry, I need to read this again. To myself to figure out what the fuck this guy is even saying. Um, perhaps still defending the born gay position in this way is intended to intended more to put people off asking questions to which the answers are not wanted, rather than a serious and mature attribution of responsibility for a psychological vulnerability. Okay, so basically, they were turned gay. If they were gay, the gay lobby turned them, converted them to homosexuality. That's what this guy's saying. Okay, because on the article. After all, it's not as though the whole gay community agrees with Miss Osborne. Ozan, sorry. A number of people dared ask the question, is one born gay? Scientists, for example, have been looking very hard for the gay gene and not found one. Ah, yes, because uh, whether you're born gay or not is fully dependent on genetics. Uh, not only that, one specific gene, you know, there's not one specific gene that says you're gay, uh, therefore you can't be born gay. Obviously, that's the only way. One singular gene, you know, must be inherently genetic. You know, it can't do with uh, estrogen level, you know, there's a lot of science showing it could be due to like estrogen levels and stuff like that, you know, in utero, you know. Pills that the mother took, you know, shit like that. Uh, you know, that, that can't, you know, can't be, you know. Uh, but you also find that, you know, the more children that there are, you know, the more likely the one is going to be gay later on because of, like, estrogen levels and all that shit, you know. No, you know, it can't be all these other things, you know. It's got to be specifically a singular gay gene. Yes, that's the only way that we could ever accept that, you know, someone is born gay. Um... Now, I do want to kind of talk about, you know, the being born gay thing, but we, like, whether, you know, it's a good uh, thing or not, you know, I do want to talk about that, you know, but we're going to save that for the end of this article, so.
we will address the the, the effectiveness and whether we should, you know, use the board gay arguments or not. So, but we're going to say that for the end of the article. But among the most articulate defenders of gay rights, Peter Tatchell turned his attention in this direction some time ago. I've long admired him for his integrity across the political and moral spectrum, not least when for he had tried, tried to affect a citizen's arrest on the dictator Robert Mugabe. Tatchell is one of the most prominent gay critics of the born gay and don't dare ask argument. He had this to say, the biological term thesis has a major flaw. If you're all born either, born either gay or straight, how do they explain people who switch midlife from fulfilled heterosexuality to fulfilled homosexuality and vice versa? For example, the singer Tom Robinson who was a healthy, happy, well-adjusted gay man to whom his own surprise one day fell at, met and fell in love with a woman. And he is now equally happy and well-adjusted in his straight relationship. If he was hardwired at birth to desire men, how can he now desire women? Uh, much as uh, I would love to go into fashionable born gay consensus, it would be very politically convenient. I can't. The evidence does not support the identity of sexuality as a fixed biological given. Um, question. Ever hear of uh, bisexuality and pansexuality? Like, um, it could be that the Tom Robinson is actually bi or pan, and it's just that, you know, all the people that they're, that, you know, that they only found, you know, men that they found attractive before, and not any women, you know, like, you know, like, if you're bisexual, it's not like it's a 50-50 thing, you know, you know, uh, you find 50% of, you know, 50% of women, you're, you're half of the time attracted to women, half the time attracted to men. Like, no, a lot of times, you know, it's like, you know, 90 time, 90% of the time you find women attractive and 10% of the time you find, you, you know, you find that you really like men, you know? Like, it's not a 50-50 thing. Like, I think it's more likely that Tom Robinson was just pan or bi, like, you know? And it's just that, you know, the vast majority of the time he found gay men, not gay men, he just found men more attractive, you know? Um, like, most, most bi, like, there are a lot of bi people, uh, in fact, most bi people that I know are more inclined to one gender than the other, you know? It's just that they also, you know, there are other people, you know, you know, the other gender that they, you know, do want to fuck as well. But most of the time, they are more inclined to one gender. Um, anyway, so continuing on. My own flimsy anecdote doesn't involve a celebrity singer. Uh, just a second. I accidentally scrolled down too far. Um, but I remember the surprise provided by one of my university students who had been overtly confident about her lesbianism. She was so demonstratively affectionate that I would sometimes open my office door to find her and her girlfriend cuddling on the stairs, lying just behind the doorway in cheerful romantic abandon. About five years after she graduated and left, I saw her on Skype one night on the library of an American university where she was completing a doctorate, and we reconnected and chatted. You can congratulate me on my love life, she said. Great, I replied. Who is she? Oh, for goodness sakes. It's a he, you idiot. He's a very charming and highly respected Jewish academic. I was taken aback. It was as much of her being called an idiot when I spent years respecting, quote-unquote, her socially demonstrable lesbianism. 
If I had to ask, does that mean all the time you were celebrating being gay, you were actually bisexual? I'd like to get my categories clear. Who knows, she tearfully replied. Let me tell you a bit more about him. He's wonderful. I love him a bit. Who knows, indeed. But both Tatchell and my student celebrated a fluidity and sexual attraction that makes the born gay advocates very upset. After all, it only takes one exception to her rule to invalidate it. And there are more than one. Um, of course, I accidentally scrolled on so far again. Um, one of the more uh, colorful and recent examples is, 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 so once again, it's most likely that she's bisexual. Let's be honest. Um, that girl. Let's just make that straight. She's probably just bisexual. Um, but anyway, uh, and I want to say just get that out of the way because now we're about to come to a good one. And probably the worst example that this guy could ever use. Um, one of the more colorful and recent examples is the extraordinary and exotic Milo Yiannopoulos. If you don't already know Milo, it's hard to sum him up in a few words. He took publicly gay, camp, provocative, and homosexually in-your-face critique of leftism woke, leftist wokeism to new levels. Quick, witty, clever, articulate, energetic, and high-octane extrovert, he delighted in wrong-footing progressive critics who screamed at him that he was racist by telling him how much he reveled in erotic attractions of the anatomy of a black male lover. Hardly racist, he suggested they concede. Ah, yes, because if you have a gay friend, obviously you're not gay. You're not, uh, sorry, if you have a black friend, you're not racist, obviously. Um, obviously. Recently, Milo, who is, must have qualified in medium political circles as one of the most bombastic and publicly gay voices, has converted to Catholic Christianity. As a consequence, he has become celibate and dedicated himself to both to Jesus and St. Joseph. In an article entitled, What Happens When You Stop Being Gay, he recently wrote, A year has since passed since I accepted God's will and publicly pledged to banish sodomy from, from my life. It's a complicated, painful odyssey of spiritual recovery designed to liberate me from old ways of thinking. I have accepted the embarrassing truth about my homosexual urges, which I now release are illusions, disordered manifestations of abuse and abandonment. Uh, for the first time in my life, I care what happens to me. I've melted off my rainbow manacles and have placed myself in the disease-ridden, abusive comorbidity of gay life. And now I feel, for the first tough flickering of hope, for a wholesome normality I have previously written off, hope that I can build a good life and save some souls, perhaps for even hope for a family, a dream that was utterly out of reach until just a few months ago. Milo has accepted and endorsed a Catholic critique of disordered affection. He assesses biological determinism. He rejects biological determinism and psychological threats. Unlike Fat Tatchell singer Bob, Tom Robinson, he has fallen in love not with a woman, but with Jesus. And it's a love from the heart, not the body, agape, not arrows. Because, ah, yes, gay Christians, they can't love Jesus from the heart, obviously. Um, it's completely impossible. And seriously, dude, Milo Yiannopoulos, that's your big trump card. The most, one of the most obvious grifters in modern society. Like, oh my god, dude. Like, like if you actually believe Milo Yiannopoulos just was magically cured of homosexuality. I got a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Like, what can I say?
like this guy was shut out of public life or making pro basically pro pedophile statements, was bitching on Gab that, you know, he had no money, you know, nobody was paying attention to him. You know, he's been known for bitching about how no one is paying attention to him. And then, you know, just magically, you know, a little after, you know, he was very public about how he doesn't have it, you know, He's, you know, doesn't have money and don't pay attention to him. He just magically comes out again, which just magically resurrects his career. Come on, buddy. Seriously, like, you actually believe Milo Yiannopoulos? Like, I'm sorry, Milo would have a lot more credibility if, you know, this wasn't a guy who was known for bitching about how he had no money and no one was taking him seriously anymore. Just saying, not exactly, um... Not exactly who I'd, you know, use as the Trump card. Like, just saying, um, that lesbian would have been a much better, not even the lesbian, Tom Robinson would have been a much better Trump card than Milo Yiannopoulos. Like, oh my god, like... That's how you know that this was written for cisgender heterosexual people and not, you know, people with, you know... Evangelicals, should I say, not cisgender heterosexual people. Evangelicals, rather than people of a functioning brain who can think out things. Because anyone of a functioning brain would be like, dude, you fucking serious? That's like the worst trump card ever. Continuing on. Um, the, let's see, let me see, is there any reason, um... Anyway, yeah, there's really no point. You know, he's just, you know, saying, you know, the rest of it says, are the Methodists right or is Milo Yiannopoulos right? All right, now, let's talk about this. Let us uh, discuss, uh, you know, what the, let, let us discuss uh, whether uh, the board and gay argument um, and whether it's something that should be used or not. Here is my take on this. It is something that we do need to use right now. Um, and I think that there is enough scientific evidence that, yes, LGBT people are born gay. Um, or, you know, LGBT, you know. Um, you look at trans people, you know. Uh, there was plenty of evidence that, you know, uh, trans people were born gay. and has nothing to do with uh, brain size, you know, brains and all that shit, you know. Which is, let's be honest, the science, like, the science when it comes to brains, trans brains... You, it's so fucking vague and inconclusive that you can literally use it to show whatever you want. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. You know, you you can use that those uh those the the the, the, the quote unquote brain brain sex thing to show you know to to be anti-trans or to be pro-trans. It's 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 a stupid ass argument to try to lay all on quote unquote brain sex like. It's not, it's not good, people. Don't, don't, don't use that. Um, but, you know, uh, but, you know, there's things, you know, that they found, you know, uh, you know, once again, birth order, you know, uh, also, uh, you know, they find that, you know, levels of estrogen in utero really does seem to affect, you know, one's gender or sexuality, you know, and especially pills, you know, they found a lot of, you know, fertility pills and stuff like that, um, seem to turn, seem to have created a lot of trans people, you know, I'm one of them, you know. The reason I am trans is because my mom took a fertility pill that has been linked to causing gender dysphoria. Um, 
you know. Um, so it's like, there is at least some truth to the born gay thing. Like, to deny otherwise, I'm sorry, is to slap in the face of all current science. To what extent, um, we don't know. We don't know all the different ways that it does, you know, um, and all that stuff, you know. But we do know that at least to an extent, people actually are born LGBT. You know, so there is at least some genuine truth to this. But here's the thing. This is not a viable uh, argument forever. We This is not an argument that is sustainable forever. Um, it, but, for, but it is something that we do need to use right now. We need to exploit this argument to its fullest right now. Because unfortunately, people are only going to accept LGBT people if they do accept that, you know, we are born that way. Um, that's the only way we're going to gain rights. That's the only way we're going to gain acceptance. So we, this is the argument that we do need to focus on. This is an argument that we need to bang the drums of as much as possible right now. That being said, there's going to be a day, hopefully, where, you know, we have a comfortable, where we, we are very comfortably, you know, have rights, you know, when there is comfortable amounts of acceptance, you know, when the vast, vast, when there's so many people, you know, when the vast, vast majority of people are accepting of LGBT people, you know, that we don't really have, we're not really in threat of having our rights taken away, then we need to start switching arguments. We need to move away at that point from the born gay argument. And what we need to do is move to the argument that even if we're not born gay, even if we're not born trans, queerness is acceptable and is something that, you know, is, is an acceptable lifestyle that, you know, one should be able to choose if they want and still be accepted and have all the rights of everybody else, you know? Um, so it shouldn't matter whether you're born it or not, you should just ha get, have the rights anyway because, well, you know, human rights, you know? Because, um, you know, being queerness is beautiful and is perfectly acceptable and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, you know? That's the movement we need, that's the argument we need to eventually move to. Unfortunately, we're not quite clear there yet. If we were to start using that argument now as our main argument, we're fucked. Um, there's, we're losing our rights. We are losing support. So, like, we need to bang the drums at the born gay thing right now. It is the best argument we have right now. But eventually, we're going to be able to go to stronger, better arguments. Such as, queerness is beautiful. It's perfectly acceptable. There's nothing wrong with it. Therefore we, should, uh, therefore, we should be accepted for who we are, and you should be able to choose being queer. That's the argument we need to eventually move into once there's no threat of uh, loss of acceptance or loss of rights. So that is my take on all of this. Anyway, I just needed to talk about that article. Um, I think it was a very uh, interesting article from Christian Today. So anyway, that's everything I've really got for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um... And yeah, uh, peace.